What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. I, uh... I, dude, man, I, I, uh... It's tough to find words how awesome it was to play the latest ICC. Um, between the, the smoke roster and then the competition... Uh, the all-star game, the amazing people and faces that I was so blessed to see. Um, it was, it was so cool. And, you know, I was, I was really hoping that I was going to be able to make this one, you know, planning it out and everything. And, uh, just because I know how big it was, um, and how big this one was going to be, uh, because of everything and it's just it was really cool to see everyone and and just smiling faces all around everybody's doing something that they just absolutely enjoy and I you know felt the same through and through and it was just it was a pleasure um that whole experience and uh you know seeing everybody I mean that's the biggest thing man the game itself is is amazing but the people that I have been able to uh, become friends with and just talk to and the personalities that I was able to share the field with is uh, undoubtedly the number one um, great thing that that I got out of this sport and I'm uh, super pleased to to be able to say that I was you know able to attend that one so ah uh, man it's uh gets you a little emotional if you think about it because you, you kind of feel and realize um, how important things become or, or the small nuanced things that you, you, you notice and it makes them so much more, uh, you know, noticeable and meaningful. And I know this is kind of <laughs> like off the beaten path, but it's, you know, that's why so many of us when you know, went to this thing and why so many people share the the love for the game that we do is uh is because it really means something and it's, and it's touched us and changed our lives in some way or another um you know whether it be we're we're involved in the game currently or we used to play it or we're employed by the game it's it's very interesting how it's impacted so many lives um, and how we can talk to anybody, you know, in the world and have that same common ground and uh, be able to kind of just shed everything and enjoy uh, the the joy and, you know, respect for the game. So, um, yeah, big hats off to, uh, to everybody who made the ICC this year uh, what it was. And a big thank you goes to Tim and his uh, brilliancy, I think is a term. If not, it's, uh, it's for you, Tim. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just thank you so much for, uh, you know, for what you've brought us and the, the guidance and everything that you've had throughout the game. And it's, I don't know, I don't know if I'd ever really kind of a, like said my two cents about Tim. And I, I know I've probably said it to people on the podcast. But it, I never got to kind of do it in this way where I'm just talking to whomever's listening right now, which is just my basement and everything. 
and I'm around my paintball gear and all these jerseys and uh um it brings a lot to my mind and I hope that everybody walks away this weekend um happy and healthy uh this past weekend um happy and healthy and with a little bit more um kind of gratitude for everything you know, and you know for the the great years that we were able to play this game and continue to do so and uh you know I'm not trying to get all religious or anything just it's just, I mean I don't, I don't know I'm just I'm just saying that it's it's great it's awesome glad to, I was able to see everybody and um uh, yeah paintball sweet fuck yeah um all right Whew. let's get into the reads uh, this episode is brought to you by Melavio. Um, it's a CBD company that you guys have heard me talk about nonstop, and I'm glad because it helps. Uh, it helps a uh, the paintball community. You can help yourself, and you can dive in to the uh, the CBD world and let Melavio be your guide. Uh, we have everything you need whether it be tinctures, salve, uh, we have pet CBD, we have edibles, um, and some swag, if you like uh, If you like repping the swag. We have all that stuff for you guys. Um, like I've said before on the podcast, uh, dealing with you know everything not really healing as quickly as it used to be, um, or even for you young chaps out there, I like to use the salve um, for like knees, back pain, uh, joints, muscles, all the good stuff uh, I use this for, and it really, really helps out. Honestly, um, I'm so happy to be teamed up with this company. Uh, they are, you know, putting out a pure organic product, and it is uh, simply hands down one of the best uh, CBD products that I've ever tried, ever tried. And he is the most current CBD that I, that you know, I will say strictly. I'd have to. I mean, he's the only CBD company that that I work with. Um, uh, they that I work with them, uh, and the only ones that I trust. And it really, uh, really helps out. And I recommend them to everyone, uh, teammates, friends, family. Uh, I'm always trying to have them discover this amazing thing called CBD and uh, and the amazing things that it does in recovery, along with you know anxiety relieving or enjoyment. I'm going to leave it up to you. Give it a try. You can head to melovio.com. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. And if you want to save some money, you can throw in the promo code capital T-P-O-P and you'll get T-P-O-P, <laughs> Cody. Um, you'll get uh, 15% off your cart. So load that thing up and, uh, and, and try and see what works best for you. Everybody's different. Everybody, you know, reacts differently to different things. But uh, you don't know until you try. So give them a shout and uh, tell me what you think. Thank you, Melavio. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. You see them out there. Everybody's wearing them. And if you haven't noticed, they're some of the best-looking headbands uh, that I have seen. Mike Thompson... Uh, over at Charm City is busting out so many, <laughs> um, I don't know why that was funny, 
Um, but Mike, uh, you're coming up with some awesome stuff, man. If you guys want to check it out, you can head to the Charm City Paintball page on Facebook or on Instagram. You can see what he's doing over there. He's concocting all these crazy patterns and colors and uh, stitching ways and doing. He just had like these furry headbands that came out. I know, but they look better in person than what you think. Uh, you can see everything in the air that he posts up. He is a teammate of mine on Team Smoke. And um, yeah, there they are. They're uh, sweet. They're over on his Facebook page. He had some leopard print stuff. That's just, it's its amazing. The quality is amazing. Um, the way it wears, the way it fades, and just the way it feels. And it just it has a nice tight, oh, like canvas. Like when you tighten it on the back of your head and when you're getting ready to uh, get at it, you can, uh, you can really feel the quality and that's what Mike wants everybody to take away from these are obviously enjoy them and wear them but you know recognize the quality and the you know amazing uh, unique pieces that he's bringing to the table uh, so if you guys are looking for some new headgear you can find it at uh, Charm City Paintball Facebook and Instagram. I will be also posting, by the time you guys listen to this, I'll be posting uh, some stuff on the pack bands that he made for me. So I will uh, I will have the pictures and everything posted uh, probably today because everybody's probably going to listen to this during the day tomorrow because it's uh, like 10, 19 at night on Thursday. So, um, yes. Let them know that I sent you over there. My name's Carl. Hi. Uh, let him know that I sent you over there to uh, to check all his stuff out and to see what he's making. And if you're open to uh, some custom stuff too, he's down. He's busy because he's making so many damn headbands that are sweet. But he will listen to what you have to say and tell you how it is. That's Mikey. That's Mikey. But anyway, make sure you check out the headbands. They're amazing. And um, he just does a uh, does a great job. So check him out all right guys uh another one of our sponsors is uh, 10bps.com and what it is is a premium paintball marker rental system so what we're trying to do here is we are trying to offer amazing setups stellar setups top level player setups and allow people into our world and this is the gateway so if you see somebody, you know, you, everybody sees all these markers on the field, uh, whether, you know, from the top to the bottom, from an EMEC to a Lux, no matter what it is, uh, they're at the fields. But w what we want to do is allow people who want to maybe try something before they dump a bunch of money into it. They want to try it out, see how it shoots, maybe the Lux over this or the Planet Eclipse ego over this or that or whatever what have you but if somebody wants to try it before they you know kind of pursue the purchase then this is a great uh, a great segue along with that what this also does is it helps kind of even just allow a foot in the door of people playing rec that are trying to maybe interested in uh, in the tournament game but you know it it's really for whomever and uh, whomever wants to try it. And, and right now it's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, strictly, but we are trying to uh, broaden our horizon of who and, and 
you know what fields are going to be involved and you what is also happening very soon is that there will be people located who around the states who will want to maybe rent out their equipment and uh, you know have their stuff as a uh, a loaner maybe that's what you want to call it um, but a uh, mentor a gear mentor I don't know but what they can do is sign up and then put their gear up there like they're gonna rent it out and then now everybody's involved everybody's uh, a part of the plan and uh, in spreading the love and the information around of these uh, amazing markers that are out there uh, so if you want to head to 10bps.com you can check out everything to the uh, you know to how exactly it works and it's very well uh, splayed out for you on the website um, along with the available markers that are uh, that are available <laughs> and uh, and yeah you can check it all out and uh, if you guys have any questions go ahead and uh, shoot a uh, you can log in you can sign up shoot them an email if you have any questions or uh, you can I can most definitely try and help out as much as possible but you can find everything you need guaranteed at 10 baby then 10 bps.com if I could talk you could find the website hmm thank you to 10 pps pp jesus 10 bps.com my goodness and finally we are brought to you by midwest clothing if your team is looking for some new swag if you're looking for maybe uh some uh some face masks some accessory things like sweet pins beanies hats uh a neoprene bounce visor which are sweet make sure you check those out those are pretty nasty saw some guys rocking those at icc um there's also uh some a loader number set if you would like to slap your stickers on a loader and have you make a number uh there's some koozies stickers duffel bags there's gear um all this stuff is uh is amazing i have I have some hats. I have some shirts. I've worked with these guys before. Uh, they are they're amazing. They're a great Midwest company, out of uh, out of Minnesota. But if you guys want to check them out, that's Midwest Clothing They have headgear, headbands, uh, pants, jerseys. They can make custom gear, and they have a sweet mystery gear box where you buy it, and you don't know what you're gonna get. But it comes in a sweet Midwest duffel bag. I'll give you that. Um, they also have some uh, some tech gear, some lube, tech mats. So make sure you check them out. And uh, let's see, there was something else I wanted to mention about Midwest clothing. Uh, oh yes, the jogger. I just saw the joggers today. I went online, uh, took a look, and they are stellar. They're they're super old school looking, and I think match kind of the style of paintball today uh so check out their jogger section their paintball pants paintball pants if you haven't heard they're called joggers um at uh at midwest clothing llc dot com that are the reads thank you thank you everybody thank you our sponsors um this episode is with a very good friend of mine former teammate he former teammate of aftershock um he has done a, uh, an amazing job getting into the position that he is in. 
excuse me, on New York Extreme. He is just a killer on the field, man. And, you know, I could really tell, and we kind of get into it a little bit uh, in this, of, like, just kind of having that same kind of vibe and uh, style. And I really respected his game and everything. And I thought, uh, I, I think he's doing an amazing job. And I, uh, I, I really think that he is a... Uh, a ninja on the field, I must say. He's sweet. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, here is our um, here's our podcast with CJ Cantor. What's up, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, getting excited for some paintball coming up. Yeah, you play in the uh, ICPL, right? ICC. ICC. I'm sorry, I keep yeah. getting those mixed up. It's right. They both begin with I, and then the second yep. letter is C. Uh, so it's C. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's all right, man. I understand, dude. We all over the years we've gotten shot in the head a lot. Well, I have. <laughs> is that a beer? You drink a beer? Mm-mm. This is an Arnold Palmer Seltzer. I figured I'd try it. I, I was like, what the hell? Try it out. So. Looks sweet. Uh, it's a little on the sweet side. Normally, I'm drinking like a tea or something with a little bit of honey in it. I usually like the uh, the Melovio CBD honey. Mm-hmm. But this time, I I work right next to a uh, microbrewery. So every once in a while, I'll go grab something new that they're brewing up and try it out. So. Nice. Yeah, it's fun, man. How you been? I'm doing all right. Busy, busy as hell. Trying yeah. to stay busy. Paintball in uh, real life. Yeah, paintball, work, side job, all that good stuff. What uh, what are you doing for work? Uh, I work with my father's company right now, primarily. So like, uh, we put up like fences and general home improvement kind of stuff. So we'll yeah. do everything from like siding to roofing, but we mainly do fences. But it's been a bit of a nightmare. Uh, father of mine accidentally cut off his finger oh my god yeah he's usually my helper so he hasn't been too much help lately and it's been pain in the ass trying to to hire people which one uh his ring finger on his right hand oh jeez he he cut off the tip and then they amputated it down to the first knuckle how do you do that on chop saw uh no like that's i wasn't even at the job when it happened i was like oh he got it stuck in the chainsaw for sure or something but uh we have this like big stand on like bobcat it's like a smaller version of a bobcat Mm -hmm. and he was like trying to fix the the skid steer and it slammed down on his finger and like just crushed the tip of it oh my god (laughs) dude my uh my grandfather he was working late at a uh on a project and he was just doing like the mindless cutting kind of thing on the on the miter saw where he's just like putting something up and then just kind of you know doing that yeah and uh nobody was there but how he described the story was next thing you know he just put up the next piece of wood and just threw it down and just cut off the tip pretty much of his uh i think of his index finger down to like uh at the first knuckle and i told him i was like okay well I'm going to make like a little sock with a magnet that goes into that because he's a carpenter. I told mm-hmm. him I'd make him a little sock condom thing that goes over top of it with a magnet so he can hold his nails with the uh, with, his with the magnet. magnet. <laughs> That's smart. My, my dad's a bike rider. I want to get him some custom-made gloves with the knuckle cut down and sewn shut. There you go. 
Love that. So how uh, how recent was that? Um, that was about maybe six to eight weeks ago. Okay, so it's healing over. Then. Yeah, it's pretty much all healed over. You got to stitch this out and stuff like that. Like there's still some kind of scarring going on, but right. Yeah, that's gnarly, man. Have you uh, had any kind of close calls like that working with? I'm I'm assuming it's might be a with working with trees and just kind of the unpredictability of the of the workspace it's got to be kind of dangerous. Uh, I'd, I'd say the worst i ever got it was uh me and my dad were like arguing with each other at the job and he's standing up on the roof and we're like we pulled up all the, the shingles and we're you know putting down new plywood and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it like rotted away and I'm handing him up like big old sheets of wood and we're getting frustrated with each other. He's screaming at me. It's 120 degrees. I'm like handing it up to him and then he like grabs it. And so I'm like, all right, cool. And I kind of just like took my hands off it and mm-hmm. like turned my head to the side and he like racks it up the side and then tries to swing it up there. And as he's swinging it up there, it just smokes me in the head and my oh, ears my. like all bleed and shit. Like that. Oh, Jesus. I got, well, well, I guess I have a story too. <laughs> um, uh, what happened to me was before I was working at my my current job. This was a while back. I was working with my grandpa, the one who cut his finger off, and he has these uh, metal leg foldable saw horses, to where you can replace the tops because the tops are just two by fours, and then the frame mm-hmm. itself is like like a a, a body that a uh, two by four sits down in, like face down, and then the, these heavy metal legs that kind of come down and they fold in like that up underneath the body right so one of the very first things that he told me when i was when i was working with him was don't grab the ends and try and pick it up and open up the legs because you're like they'll it's like a catch point right yeah and uh so i you know i didn't do that i held it by the middle and i did that for like the first week and then one morning i was just like you know there not thinking not doing anything and i go and grab the very fir- very first thing in the morning um i go to grab the sawhorse and i take it out of the truck and i lift it on both ends like that and each finger each uh three fingers on uh each hand had so i have calluses from like playing guitar and just like some of the work that i do on my uh on my uh calluses and stuff on my fingers what had happened was the metal part had taken the callus and folded the whole callus up underneath itself and pretty much skinned the tip of my finger and rolled it underneath on oh, on each <laughs> fingers, oh, the three God. fingers. Dude, I felt like I couldn't do anything for like a week because it's just like my fingertips and they were yeah. so sensitive and so it was Aww. like, oh, dude, it was terrible. I w- that was one of those, I probably sound like a bitch was uh i uh i almost like threw up because the pain was so bad even though it sounds it doesn't sound that terrible and there was there was not that much blood but it was just like it's a lot of thick skin that gets ripped and you you've probably seen it before where like if something's really deep and it's more like of like a rip open than kind of like a cut that it's it's like white Yep. It's like down to the meat, and then it kind of slowly starts to pull up and ble- uh, bleed and everything. It sucks, dude. It was terrible. Life in the construction biz. Right? And now I just I work with metal and 
pumps and shit, and I have stuff happen all the time where I'm working on heavy equipment that almost takes off a, you know, a foot or a toe or a hand or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't like no joke either. That stuff can get sharp. Dude, just simple, like simple things like cutting something and then not realizing, realizing that you just cut it, but then kind of just admiring your cut quick and kind of running your finger across it. Dude, I've I've had that where I've just I cut something and I even with gloves on like I've had it and and just enough got through where it just stuck me you know right and then I had <laughs> another story I had uh, I was opening up a can of tuna fish and I I opened it up <laughs> dude I every time I I think of the, when this happened I feel it happening and it's terrible so there's a can of tuna fish. I cut it open most of the way. Of course, there's the little fucking tiny little baby hair that's hanging onto it. So I'm like, oh, I can just twist it and pull it off. Like, no big deal. Why would I, like, grab the flat parts of it and grab it? No, I would just, I grabbed, for some reason, like, I cupped the the cut part of the <laughs> lid and, like, tried to twist it and then pull up. And I just, I slit almost all the way oh, down on the God. bone on each hand. I didn't feel like going to the, like, I needed stitches 100% for sure, but I ended up just, like, manually closing them up and wrapping them up and everything and self-hospitalizing. God, you and tuna don't get along, apparently. Dude, I ate the can, though. <laughs> it was delicious. Speaking of cans, you like some Sprite back there, huh? Is that your gaming uh, beverage of choice? It's my dinner of choice, my dinner drink. <laughs> I eat my dinner while I'm gaming. Yeah. Is so it that you... bad? Can you see everything? I can't even see myself. <laughs> it's not. It's not too bad. I mean, it, it's it's a widescreen camera. It seems like, but it's not that bad. I'm just gonna zoom in on my face. <laughs> Speak. I like the hat though, man. Yeah, he actually just started hooking me up with a bunch of stuff. I've been wearing his uh his green leaf trunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been like tagging him with some stuff. And he's like, "Yo, what's your address?" And, I gave him my address and he just like flooded me with a bunch of stuff and I'm like, dude, you're the man. Like I knew he like hooked all you guys up like on Aftershock. Like I yeah. knew you guys were buddy with him. I've never actually met him. Maybe once, but I can't remember his face. Um but yeah, yeah just John Frank. Like, oh. He he Dude, all the stuff that he makes is like it's it's legit. Like I I have uh, a couple of a few of those hats and then um he has he has some pants that are some joggers that are out. He has he has a bunch of stuff, but he makes really quality uh, gear. Yeah, he's the man. He's a super cool dude. I just got back with him, uh, with uh, partnering up for the podcast and everything, and and uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, he's really low key, but he's doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel. He said he just got done doing a um, a round of you know that world tag. Like it's uh, I think it's like World League Tag or something like that. I I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like it's like parkour in this indoor stadium and it has all oh, the scaffolding ta- stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like ta- yeah, yeah. I guess he just did um for one of the guys and the whole team. I think he just did uh like a whole like dry fit shorts and and shirt and everything. A little custom run, nice. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was talking to me about like sponsorship and stuff, and I was like, uh, I think Extreme's trying to do their own, their own gear line. But oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely talk to him about it. So how did the whole, um, or actually before we jump into that, how we, we could probably start from the beginning and then we'll work our way up. 
Team New York Extreme because I have a whole bunch of questions from from Aftermath to Aftershock to Extreme. So why don't we just start at the beginning with uh, kind of how you found Paintball, where it started, and how you found yourself on the uh, on the pro field. Uh, pretty much the common story as far as like I started, you know, went to a birthday party with a bunch of friends and, uh, you know, just kind of fell in love with the, the sport in the, in a sense, um, you know, it wasn't in my eyes, it wasn't really a sport in that factor it was more of just like something we got together and did for fun. But, right. um, I, we started kind of playing a little bit more with like some tournament players, um, and then uh, an old friend of mine named Pat Quinn actually approached me. He's like, hey, we're playing a three-man tournament. Like, would you want to come out and play with us? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll give it a try. And we went and played a tournament. I think we took, like, second or third and pretty much fell in love with the sport right then and there, started playing it more and more. At the time, I was playing hockey for, uh, like, 15 years straight, like playing on, like, select teams and oh, really? and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, like, a, I was like a ranked goalie and stuff like that. But uh, Oh, shit. Um, it just – it eventually started turning to work because I was at the at the rink for like seven days a week. You know, I worked there. I played hockey five days a week. I worked the other two, and you know, when I wasn't playing, I'd work as well. So, hmm. um, but it started turning into more of like a, a job in a sense. And uh, you know, I met a couple group, a couple more experienced tournament players in my area from the Midwest, um, more specifically the St. Louis area, um, and just kind of dove head first and with them as far as you know playing tournament paintball um eventually that team turned into st louis hustle and that's where i met like jj williams and you know Verdarte in the later years and mm. some other midwest players and stuff like that but you know we had a pretty good run i think like the first part of our career as a team we were like 80 percent like making top four so like we were a real you know real solid group of kids that you know just loved playing the sport you know the problem is is paintball is not a cheap sport for what it is um so when you're doing this stuff with like your friends like sometimes you can only go so far especially if you're not like winning consistently so yeah it's well and what's what's so tough about paintball too is that it's like mainly it's a weekend thing Mm -hmm. so it's not like not like every day you can go like okay well i'm gonna go practice after school at the field with a bunch of people because it's just it's you know not i mean i don't know how it is exactly now but i mean for the most part everybody has the weekends off and usually you can find guys doing like some drill nights here and there but but i mean it's it's like something like take like hockey like you said seven days a week you know you're working there and you're you know you're playing and um or like skateboarding or something like that where you you can just go you can go and do it mm-hmm. so i can i can understand how it's it's just tough actually like dedicating you know the time yeah definitely so did it kind of catch on for you like hockey did like what what was the what was the draw for you uh to paintball itself well like i said i started kind of losing interest in hockey um once i started being more involved in the tournament scene that's when i like Mm -hmm reestablished my love for like competition because that's like why i played hockey to begin with but right um you know just like the sense of like challenging yourself like we'd always we'd always try to play up a division too like we were a bunch of d3 ranked kids and we went and played d2 that was our first tournament and then we went up to d1 like we just always wanted to like beat the best and like Mm -hmm. challenge ourselves and like you know leave 
knowing that we beat some top teams and stuff like that. So I think realistically, that's kind of how I've always like looked at paintball. Like it's a way to like challenge myself and like learn things about myself. And then I just kind of like take that stuff into real life and apply it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how paintball is so much deemed a, uh, this team sport, which it is. Um, but it's like, it's, it's based on these individual efforts, right? And, and everybody, everybody's effort is different and everybody's situation is different and everybody's going through these learning cycles, um, playing, uh, in different, just like you probably went through a different learning cycle when you were on Aftershock and Mm -hmm. then you are now. And then it's like, um, it's all the same premise, but the process might be a little bit different. Yeah. And mindset too. Um, you know, you're in a completely different place than you were, uh, you know, back then. Right. Yeah. You learn about, you learn a lot about yourself as you go through all these different experience, all these different learning experiences and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out what you're more capable of. Now you would, one would think, I guess I would think, um, which is most of the time wrong, but going from like a hockey, uh, a hockey style play being a goalie, like if you kind of correlate that to paintball, you would be, I don't know, like I would say what a three, like a back guy, right? yeah, you, back, can, uh, back center guy, yeah. back center guy. But you like getting up in the mix. Like you like, you like getting up in the middle and everything. Did you, did you find, uh, that's more or less what you wanted to do or like what, how did you kind of find your place on the field? Like, was it, did you try different things first or did you do find like the center middle kind of area and be like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel good with. So the way I kind of blossomed into that, when I like first started playing, I always kind of considered myself more of like a mid guy, you know, I was always on my feet. I was a smart player. I like talked you know, with my teammates and stuff like that. But throughout the years, as like hustle started to develop, there was a local field to us that was called, um, you know, the Bing. And they had like this little tiny rage in a cage. It was like a three on three right next to the highway, all caged in with netting and stuff like that. <laughs> Super close, close quarters combat. Yeah. And I like to think that that's where I like, I really started to blossom more of as, as like an attacker. Cause I love the fact of like getting in people's faces and getting them on their heels and yeah, you know that kind of stuff and then as hustle went on to like the tournaments i started playing the one role a little bit more and found that that's where i could you know do the most damage and the one thing i'd be like notorious for was like going to get like two or three bodies but like still staying alive doing it and ending up in their doritos like you know in the, in the same aspect but um i don't know man i just i love tagging i love getting in people's faces and I love making them regret taking that next bump because I'm going to be right there in front of them. <laughs> I know. I I, uh, I think that's why we got along so much too when you were on the team. Is like, we oh had, yeah, we... <laughs> I remember we had the same state, same play style. It was always me and you meeting at the fifties. Oh yeah, we're like, man, I, this I, is I fun, hear, man. I hear Carl's gun shooting at some pin right in front of me in some bizarre ass spot, getting crafty. <laughs> it was fun, man. It's it's. Um, I think I told john this it was either john or bruno but i'm pretty sure it was john because it was when you were playing with a semi-pro team and um i don't know if it was a practice that was filmed and i don't know if it was by it couldn't have been by you because you were playing um but uh it was at one practice and i went up to i believe it was john and i was like i was like hey man whoever that kid is over there and i pointed at you 
I was like, there's something about him. Like, not only just he's fucking good, but there's something creative about him that I really, really like. And you should really keep an eye on him and make sure that, you know, he continues to play the spot that he's playing instead of like being moved around how some players do just kind of find the right. I was like, I was like, that that's his spot. Like mm-hmm. he's enjoying playing in that spot. And that I, that's when I feel like players really do well as if they enjoy if they have enjoy, fun enjoy doing it exactly yeah. if it's it's obviously it's like we're competitive we want to win but it's a lot more fun if you're having fun like in your own head while you're doing it's it it's a lot it's a lot easier when you're having fun yeah so. well i think well it comes things come quicker like like yeah. your, your your brain processes it more because it's like a dopamine dump you know because you're like oh yeah fucking boom like you're just kind of like zoned in and just making it happen so i remember saying that to him and i was like and ever since then i we always were like meeting up in the middle or something or just like going back and forth and it was oh i'm not gonna lie carl every time i got the chance to play play you like you were the guy i wanted to shoot because like i grew up like (laughs) watching you dude i'm like that's that dude's a killer you're like one of my favorite paintball players like growing up seriously i appreciate um uh so like I got, you know, playing on the same field as you when I was on the semi-pro team and you guys were on the pro team. I'm just like, I want to shoot Carl. Like <laughs> that, that's my target right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's the, that's the same mindset I had whenever I was playing against somebody. Like it was whoever I thought was the, like not, not saying that all the players I ever played against were not a big challenge, but the players that I felt challenged me the most, I tried to play on opposite ends. Because that, that's what made me better. You know what yeah. I mean? My, you know, just reaction time and just situationals and just everything. It, as long as you keep and continue to challenge yourself with players, and which should be mutual across, mm-hmm. you know, across the plane, um, that is just what is going to put notches in your belt of, of experience and yeah. of, of knowing what to do in certain situations and, and having that challenge of something not just being fucking handed to you on a silver platter, but a small fucking window that opens and you recognizing that and you recognizing that a fucking half second quicker than before. And now you shoot two guys instead of one. And it's like small snowball things that happen like that. It's the opportunity for growth is really what it is. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I like to apply into real life. You know, like I look at stuff that's challenging to me in real life and I'm like, that's the stuff I want to tackle. That's, that's what I want to do. That's my goal. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was it was awesome having you on the that whole semi pro team, dude. I, I, we were, dude, we gave each other such good practices mm-hmm. all the time, yep. dude. Yeah, that was a good system. Do you remember? Were you on the team when I had to fucking shut down the whole practice because things were getting like out of control? I, I think I was, yeah. And uh, <laughs> everybody's yelling at each other. You cheated me. We, che- I cheated you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember it got a little out of hand. I mean, that's that Midwest love, though. <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what they that, would say. <laughs> that is. But I feel I feel like we were getting, like, the reason why I felt like, yeah, shit had to, because we were producing jack shit besides yeah. fucking loud noises. That's all we were doing. Like, we were just spinning our wheels. And um, <laughs> and it, it was so weird, like, just having to, like, stop a practice and just sit everybody down. Not just sit everybody down. And I wasn't trying to lecture, but... I was just trying to have everybody focus on the fucking, like, that right there, what I could see is what implodes fucking teams. And we had two solid, solid fucking teams that, if you look at it on on paper, I feel like 
everybody everybody was a killer and everybody was on their game and uh you know and i i didn't want to fucking lose that and lose yeah. focus and lose what our true goal was well and, we started to look at each other as the enemy rather than exactly you know, yeah everybody that we're playing in the following weekend that's our enemy you know realistically mm-hmm. yeah but, yeah man, it was uh so how did how did you find yourself on uh on to aftershock i mean how did that whole thing come to uh come to a head on to aftershock so i played with john for one event right after so hustle kind of fell apart right at the end or right in the middle of a season and uh redarte in the process redarte joined aftershock and that's when you know i think jerby was on the team ronnie mm-hmm. d's on all, all those guys played cup with you guys um and you know hustle pretty much fell apart because we only had like six or seven dudes at the time and we just couldn't afford it anymore mm-hmm. uh, so you know me and jj we hit up you know redarte and we're like hey like what's good with this shock stuff like don't they have like a semi-pro team like we want to play well well they don't have semi-pro they have a d2 team but you guys are both ranked d1 you know that's when i got to meet john and you know we pretty much like headed off right away yeah um but right after that that world cup um i really wanted to play pro because jj was planning on taking the bump up redarte was on the team you were on the team um i really wanted to play it me and john like we kind of had like a really good friendship and it was like something that I didn't want to like really break. Um, you know, and he asked me, he's like, look, I really want to build a some like a legit semi pro team. Like I want you to stay down with me. I want you to try to help build this team up and, you know, see how far we can take it. Mm-hmm. So I ended up like staying down with him. Um, we kind of, we built a pretty decent semi pro team at the beginning. Um, we didn't really place as well as we should have, uh, about halfway through that season is when we picked up McKenna and Davey. And then that's when like our family, like really started to come together on the, mm-hmm. on the summer team. Um, we started being like a really serious threat on the field. Um, we ended up continuing with the whole season. Um, we placed pretty well. I think our highest placement was like fourth though. Um, and I think the following year, did we play another year of semi-pro? Yeah, we, we well, we, that, okay, so that was the, when we combined the teams, that, that the following year, we, we played the first two events on their semi-pro team, basically the same family. Um, we didn't really do as well as we wanted to. I think it was just because we were a Midwest team and it was like the first two events a year, which is kind of hard for us Midwest folk to like oh, prepare yeah. for. Um, so about halfway through, um, that's when the shock basically merged with aftershock and that's when like me mckenna davy like everybody all came back that's when john and nucci started getting more involved mm-hmm. um and ended up finishing the season out with uh with aftershock the last three three events yeah chicago ac woke up yeah i so would have liked to have seen where that semi-pro team would have been if you guys would have stuck around and uh i mean just like any i think i forget who was saying it i think uh I think it was Mike Hinman. We said it was like a rule of three. It was like three years. It was a, it was a solid marker for a team. As long as the, it stays the same roster mm-hmm. and through and through, and you just grind and grind and grind. And that third year, usually something, something major. If, if something is supposed to happen, something major will happen. You'll place, you'll win, you'll something will happen. And yeah, but that, I mean, that was a tough part with aftershock in general almost every year there was a roster change yep 
Yeah, you guys struggled. That's pretty much why we merged the two teams is because you guys had players coming and going throughout the season. Um, I think only like you and kind of Velez. I think what he, he missed an event, didn't he? So, well, there was, I think from six, 2016 to 2017, I think it was myself and McKenna were the only returns. I, I'm pretty sure. Like, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah, you guys went through a lot of... I just watched the roster the other day. Yeah, I remember now. Is that still uh, on... Uh, what is that on? Is uh, that... I think I found it on YouTube. I think I was watching old classic videos and it popped up. I was like, hey, look, there's my friend Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we had some We had some good times. Um, I think what I enjoyed the, the most about those practices is just the, everybody at John's house. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. Barbecue, <laughs> hanging out by the pool. Yeah, man, because that, that's what, uh, I, that's where I felt like the bonding was happening. Yep. With uh, with both teams and everything, and I would much rather do that than get a hotel room or, like, just, you know, be alone doing nothing. I'd rather, like, hang out with my teammates and fucking mingle and, like, yeah, get to know guys. Around, prank each other, all that good stuff. Yeah, burn mattresses and <laughs> flip tables. <laughs> yeah, or even just going down in his basement, just playing pool and shit. Yep, it was a good time playing bags. Playing bags. Oh, dude, I was so mad at fucking uh, Sloviak when we were we were playing bags, and maybe it's just me because I'm just sometimes I'll just get super competitive, but I'm like I'm watching him. If, I, if I'm remembering it right, I'm watching him, and he's, like, kind of, like, he's, like, throwing the bag and kind of, like, throwing his hands up in the air. I'm like, dude, come on, man. We could, <laughs> we could, we're in this. We're, like, coming back. <laughs> Don't throw it away on me, bro. <laughs> I was like, come on. Yeah. Uh, so, what ended up happening uh, from Aftershock to your next team, which I believe was... Uh, aftermath, correct? Yep. So aftershock got relegated, um, you know, and immediately me and John reconnected. And we're like, all right, we're gonna build a badass semi-pro team. And we are, we actually had a pretty scary lineup, like ready to go. Like we already had a group chat formed. We were already working on like team names and all that. And then uh, John texts me. He's like, all right, hold up on all that. I'm gonna give you a call a little later tonight. And uh, he calls me and he pretty much tells me that. Uh, he acquired Aftermath. Um, then he asked me to play the following season with them. He said it was going to be like me, Barga, Tom, Frank, you know, basically. Different guys that were not in the team chat? Yes. Yeah. I think the only person that was actually in the team chat was John's son, Johnny. So it was a completely different team, really. But, you know, I've known Barga and all them for years. Right. Uh, um, but, you know, I knew that there was going to be a lot of hurt feelings because we had a lot of people that were ready to play on that semi-pro team. Um, do you know why John – sorry to interrupt, but do, do you know why John decided to go that route rather than, than try and build up a semi-pro team with a, with a group of guys I'm assuming that he probably already had the confidence in? Right. Um, well, I think his exact words were, um, Hinman told him, he said, Hey, look, if you're going to spend that kind of money on a semi pro team, why don't you do it with a pro team? Like, here's your opportunity. Um, 
take these handful of guys from the aftermath guys, take a handful of your guys and merge them together into one team and see what you can do with it. Mm. So that was essentially the transition going into aftermath. Um, Sounds you know, we risky. start. Yeah, it, it was a little risky, but you know, when you looked at the roster, the original starting roster of aftermath going back into the pro division, mm-hmm. um, like we, we had a pretty good, pretty good roster on paper. A, a lot of us have all known each other for like years to come or been playing against each other. So we all essentially had like a respect for each other. Um, and we pretty much right after John gave the green light that, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, we like, I think we flew out to a California practice and everything just kind of started gelling pretty well. Um, it was a bit clicky in a sense, like, you know, the after, the original aftershock guys were kind of cool with each other. And then the aftermath guys were kind of cool with each other. Um, but we had some pretty productive practices and, you know, we went into Vegas the first event of the year with a lot to prove. And, um, you know, we stumped a couple teams and walked away with like a third. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, in my eyes, I think everybody's heads just kind of expanded. Um, I think everybody knew everything and nobody wanted to take criticism from anybody. Nobody wanted to help each other, like get better. Um, we just said, hey, we just took third. We're the best there is. We don't need to get better. We don't need to keep, you know keep stepping the level up Mm -hmm. um and eventually just kind of turned into a big old argument pit um we'd go we'd lose the first point and then everybody just starts pointing fingers and it's just like guys like (laughs) regroup like we just lost one point and one thing i've always said is like you gotta learn how to lose before you can win first you know so it turned into a bit of a spiral from there um i think we lost like 16 straight matches um it, it just turned into a pit of doubt, really. Um, so going into the second year with that, the newly formed aftermath, John pretty much, you know, cut everybody um, except myself. <laughs> um, and then I think, well, a couple of the other guys just they, they quit. I think one or two of them quit before World Cup even actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so then John pretty much revamped the aftermath team. Uh, going into the second year um, we again we flew out to california and practiced against ironman and we actually did really well um like we set the bar like really high i think we won like 28 straight points against like ironman or something like that and, oh, like wow. we were yeah like we were performing like really well and then we get to the event and we just completely like forgot everything that we practiced and then ironman had actually end up going and winning that tournament mm-hmm. so we're just like guys like we just beat up on them we just like help sculpt them for the tournament they just took the victory like and we can't even win a match well i think and we did win one match i think we beat infamous but um what do you think that is i mean having do you think it's just the the pressure of being at an event with with that specific match mattering now every point mattering um every every eyeball is is now kind of pointed on everybody and the, the you know the fingers slowly being pushed on top of everybody to perform yep that's exactly what it was really um i mean everybody's like too scared to make making a mistake they don't want to get yelled at by john they don't want to get yelled at by somebody else um like you know all the the new revamped players they saw what we did the season before they know we went oh and 16 so mm-hmm. like they knew like john's counting on us to like walk home with like a couple matches um unfortunately for the rest of the season uh was that the COVID? was that the covid year covid year was only two events 
right? 2020. Yeah. Was... Yeah. So that, so that was the COVID year. So we played Vegas and we did not perform very well. We won a match finally, but we did not perform very well. And then the COVID thing hit. And then that's when we started playing the invitationals. Um, we weren't really making oh, that's any right. progress. We weren't really making any progress. Like John gave us all the, the tools to succeed at practice, but I felt like the guys weren't putting in the effort at home on off weekends. Like nobody would go out to their local field and go do drills for a couple hours or anything like that. And it, mm-hmm. and it really showed like when we got to events and you know, there'd only be like one or two guys that obviously prepared. Yeah. Uh, and then we go in like world cup, just everybody's just filled with doubt and we pretty much just got rolled. Um, and then, you know, John pretty much like talked to Hinman after that and Hinman said he wanted to get back more involved and essentially John's just like, I'm kind of frustrated with it to begin with, you know, well, why don't you go ahead and take it back or I don't exactly know how that whole transition happened, but it happened nonetheless. Yeah. So where did you find yourself after that whole thing? Because did you, did you immediately go to extreme um, or would, did you kind of bounce around? So I could tell that whole year, I could tell John's patience was growing thinner and thinner and thinner because he put, he pays for that entire team out of his pocket, that whole aftermath organization. He paid for it like out of his pocket. Yeah. We had some help from sponsors, but the majority of it was coming from his pocket. So like I could, I could tell that he was getting more and more aggravated, causing more and more stress. So, um, I could tell that he kind of wanted out or at least to take a break Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, right after World Cup, you know, he says all that stuff with Hinman. He's taken back the team. Um, he still wants to be involved somehow. And um, he said he was talking to, like, Energy Elite, Outlaws, and Extreme um, about picking up a couple of our players and him going to help with that organization. Um, so this is, we... this is after the Mantoni uh yeah, Mantoni was in the middle. <laughs> was <laughs> Mantoni was at the peak of John's frustration. <laughs> he just came out all at once. You don't poke the bear, man. You don't poke the bear and not expect to get bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so uh, yeah. John, you know, he, he I could tell he still loved paintball, but I could tell that he didn't really want to be involved because he, he has like seven different businesses. He's a busy guy. Um, you know, he kept kind of telling me like, hold, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. Well, like I had some like semi-pro teams like hit me up. I had, a, you know, a couple teams kind of just gauging interest in me and I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know if I should like pull the trigger on something. Cause I'm, I'm like a guy that likes to be prepared. You know, I, right. you know, I practice off weekends. I want to know what kind of team I'm playing with in the next couple weeks. So, you know, how I can help them, what's going to be a good fit. I want to be prepared. Um, and he, he kind of started doing his, I'm too busy to reply thing and kind of ghosting me a bit. You know how John is <laughs> yeah, yeah. when he doesn't have an answer, he'll just ghost you and say yeah. he's really busy. I hope he hears this. Love you, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I could kind of tell that I needed to kind of take things into my own hands at that point. Um, I started talking to some more teams. Um, who, who are you talking could, to? Uh, I talked to like a few semi pro teams, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really find a deal that, suited me the best Mm -hmm. um so i couldn't really pull the trigger on any of that kind of stuff you know i've built plenty of i've built teams over the years for like the past 10 years so i really didn't want to do it again like i wanted to have confidence in the four other guys around me on the field yeah um 
but uh you know john just kept texting me like hold tight hold tight like i'll take care of it weeks and weeks go by next events like in a month or it's in a couple months and i still don't know who i'm playing with um i like reached out to like nrg uh, and jeremy psalm it was just kind of like you know like yo what's up for next season um again like couldn't really like find like a deal that like worked for me um and then ironically extreme messaged me up messaged me on instagram and was like yo like what are you doing like we haven't talked to john or anything are you do you guys like still serious about playing with us like what's who the runs deal? that instagram is it uh it's it's a couple of them ours usually ours mostly but okay uh because i never know who it is i just know it's the extreme instagram and i was like i don't know who i'm talking to <laughs> just leave, it's its own entity just leave yeah, it it's, <laughs> it's a robot <laughs> yeah but uh so they messaged me and they're like yo like what's the deal like do you have a team yet and i'm like no honestly like i wouldn't mind playing with you guys because i've known all these i've known the extreme guys for years i've been playing against them i've been staying in their same hotels pranking each other back and forth for years so Mm -hmm. like i already had kind of like that respect for them and that belief in their system um so they hit me up and they're like hey well the the invitational that i think there was an invitational at the beginning of the year i think i'm getting I'm getting all my tournaments mixed up, but the there was Columbus an invitation. There, the, there was yeah. like a, wasn't there a Virginia one and then like a Columbus one? The Columbus one was the year before. There was a Virginia one again. I think there was, okay, so that's, that's what it was. There was a Florida one at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I don't know, I forget. But nonetheless, there was a Virginia um, invitational coming up and they're like, yo, why don't you come out and like come play with us? Let's see how, see how everything fits, how it clicks. I uh, went out there to, play with them that weekend and it, it clicked pretty well both on the field and off the field like i was pretty happy where i was at and i felt like i i impressed the guys on that team and they put a lot of respect into me and they got me pretty good they uh <laughs> so right after our last match harris comes up to me because he could you know i was trying out and it says he comes up to me he's like hey canner i just want to let you know like played really well this weekend but I talked to Bo. It's just not going to work out, man. It's it's not going to be a good fit. And I'm just like immediately put my head down. I'm just like, man, did I not play good enough? You know, all I could do is just like, all right, man. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And, and Bo's calling everybody over for a team meeting. And I'm in my head. I'm thinking, oh, do I really have to go through this team meeting? Like, no, <laughs> not even a part of this team. Like, you I got should, my head down. You should start I'm, flipping I'm, tables dude, over. Oh, dude, I was I I was completely discouraged. And. <laughs> Bo starts going in the into the team meeting and he's like, uh, "Greg, do this, do that." And he's, I kind of tweaked my back last match. And he looks at me, he's like, "CJ, make sure you heal your back up because you made the fucking team." And everybody just like looks at me and starts like clapping and cheering. I'm just like, "Man, I fucking hate all you guys. <laughs> like, you guys got me so good." Uh, and that was really when I learned that uh, you can't take your guard down with these guys because uh, they'll catch you slipping. They're always fucking around. Oh yeah. That's well. That's definitely the mentality I get, man. Is is it seems like a very, um, very uh, just fun group of guys to be around to play around. It makes like when they're fun off the field, it makes the on field stuff like that much more. Like not saying that nobody takes it serious because every one of those guys takes it. I know one hundred percent serious and 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 means business whenever they step, um, you know, inside the net. But it's just when there's a lightheartedness to it where you can kind of fuck around with everybody and mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, you don't have to be worried about fucking drama and stress. There's there's so yeah. much, so much positivity that goes uh, that goes with that. Yeah, and that's what I love about this team, dude. Like, these guys are extremely hardworking. Like, they 
practice as much as possible. They practice three times a week. They sometimes practice more than I do, which is mm-hmm. strange because I felt I practice a lot. Um, but their work ethic is just, it's been incredible and it just helps motivate you to want to work harder and stuff like that. And I've, you know, it's just something I've been looking for for a couple of years now is to be surrounded by people that want to improve themselves because I feel like that just kind of rubs off on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had, I had the Newark extreme Instagram hit me up, uh, right after, not long after, um, I think it was like a half year or a year after I retired and they're like, Hey man, what are you doing? Do you want to come play? I'm like, and the thing is too, is like, it's another team is a team that I would love to, uh, be on just because of like the commotion, you know, and, and to be able to bring something to the table of like to have that, the players that cause a commotion, but then I also have the players that can go in and do the damage and everything. And I really thought about it. I'm like, man, that would be fun. But then it, again, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, am I going to be able to dedicate myself, uh, to what they need, to what they expect to, to this, to that. And I just, it was, it was just more, um, no's than yeses, uh, unfortunately. And it was out of respect for them. It was out yeah. of respect, honestly, for, for all the teams that have asked me, it, it's been, a, a very like honest no in the most sincere way that I just I can't dedicate the time that you guys yeah, need. You can't, you can't apply yourself, and that, that takes a man to to step up and like you know because everybody wants to be greedy and they're like yeah I'll come play yeah sure I'll you know I won't practice at home I won't put in the hard work but I'll come mm-hmm. play some events with you no because you know there's other guys surrounded by you that are working their asses off like you want to be able to apply the same mentality. Yeah, and I mean it's. You know, it, yeah, it would be like riding a bike, but um, that bike gets fucking wobbly the older you get, or the 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 less time that you ride it and everything. And it's just, you know, it's 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 very when you have guys that are just fine tuning the bike, you know, all the time. It's uh, it would just be tough to kind of come back in and. Oh, stop! You just I'd shoot some people. A little bit of rust, <laughs> you'd be all right. Just give give Carl three pods and a loader, and he's good to go. Dude, four pods, man, just in case. <laughs> four pods, four pods I, is nice. In my entire career, I have never seen you use that fourth pod. <laughs> well, you, you always come off the field with at least one pod. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, all right. So sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes I load one or two pods. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but honestly it's you guys that fucking allowed me to do that shit man it's all the guys that did the hard work behind me who you know would shoot a fuck ton of paint and would allow me to like shoot fucking 20 50 balls and not really uh have to do so much work yeah i get creative and head on a little bit yeah man those are the fun ones see and you know exactly what i'm talking about because it's like yeah. You do those first couple shots where even if you don't shoot that fuck in the face, like you're you at least get close to where he like just flinches a little bit. Like, all right, well, you're allowing me to go, so I'm gonna take this next <laughs> one, yep, dude. <laughs> that's what's fun, man. That uh, that that's what that's also what fucks me over though. The the older I get and like just with injuries and things like that, like that fun stuff is what I always want to do on the field. And if I can't do that, I have a really hard time just sitting back and like shooting my gun, which is not, 
it's fun for me shooting my gun, but it's when I'm closer and and I don't have to shoot it as much, like that's fun. But when I have to like sit back and shoot it a bunch, I'm like, this is fucking. I'm not hitting anything. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like just shooting. I'm just watching all the. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. But it's necessary. So, but I just, you know, I'd quit before I have to do that, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. So, how has uh, how has it been so far with uh, with the guys and kind of you finding your way? Because you are one of the starting guys, if uh, if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah. So, like, um, Telford's coaching us now. Um, oh shit yeah dude how is that too yeah yeah it's actually been really great um we really wish we could get him into the pits but you know he's got his whole go sports thing so we want him to be so able he's to, like, coaching you on. while he's commentating no he has really. a radio he, on he basically <laughs> yeah no he uh so basically uh they fly him into like our layout practices and we try to have at least one mandatory practice a month, like a, a full weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we fly all the guys in, and pretty much just Rich just beats the shit out of us. He just makes us do, like, gauntlet drills and the 10-foot drills. Yeah. I'm sure you did the 10-foot snap shooting drills with Excessive. Um, with Rich. Yeah, with Rich. Yeah, he makes us do that for, like, six hours. Like, we have to wear three <laughs> pairs of gloves. Otherwise, I come home a bloody mess. <laughs> yeah. But basically, bloody knuckles just, for a reason. Yeah, we, we just beat the shit out of each other, and we just keep trying to like push ourselves and it's been great to like see this hard work like actually paying off you know Mm -hmm. um i think the first event we went two and two um well basically we got kind of blown out by diesel like i think we won like the first two points and then they won the next point they were both they were all three like really close games we were in it Mm -hmm. and then we just kind of like let them take off with it and then at that point we ruined our margin so we had like basically no chance of getting in unless we mercy the next two teams but we didn't mercy them. I mean, we beat them by a decent amount, but, um, so we didn't make it in the first event. And then this last event in, uh, Philadelphia, um, I felt like we surprised a lot of teams. Like, I think we, I think a lot of teams are going to actually like take us seriously, you know, mm-hmm. at this point. So it's like, um, I mean, if you, if you want to sit there and relax on us, that's fine. Cause that's, you're probably going to give us a free point at that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, um, but the element of surprise is kind of gone in a sense. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, I want to be able to tell my guys next time I see them, like, you know, we have to step it up even more now guys. Like, yeah, we're, we're great. We finally made a Sunday. We beat some like really top tier teams, but like everybody else is going to step it up against us now. So like we have to be that's what's going to define us as teams like if we can step it up another bar because mm-hmm. we we kind of keep setting like these little goals for us like okay cool we went two and two so our bare minimum goal of the next event is to go two and two with a good margin okay well we surpassed that we kind of blew it out of the water we went three and one and we lost to the one game that we lost we lost to dynasty in overtime um which we almost actually beat them to be honest um like they got a minor on the on the dorito side i think i was the only one over there and i made the stupid mistake of just like reconnecting with my guys and at that point he was in my snake like shooting me and i'm just like oh god i should just flew down the doritos and just close the game see there's there's that exact example is why i'm a big proponent on taking advantage of opportunity um but that's that's also a very risky thing because it's like um it's a it's a fine line there's a fine line of like taking advantage of that opportunity and getting down the field 
and possibly breaking a game open? Or do you stay back, reconnect, everybody's on the same page, and then you all go down the field together? Yeah. I think it just kind of comes with with a little bit of luck, really. I think paintball kind of involves a little bit of luck. I mean, yeah. you can fly down the Doritos or you can like play it safe. It's just about choosing the right one at the right given circumstance. And right. honestly, I, sh- I think I should have just flown down the Doritos instead of reconnecting at that point because that – people were getting into like your snake pretty easily last event mm-hmm. um, i mean they only had to wrap and put one guy in and they just crawl into your snake so right. i was like because it was that v one right it was like yeah the, yeah yeah and then they come into your brick i, I should have expected it you know and you know I, I take pride on myself i'm like not making the same mistake twice and that was one mistake i made twice like i made that mistake at practice of like sleeping on the snake guy and then i mm-hmm. made that mistake at the event which you know, I had that on repeat in the back of my head. I'm like, man, we could have easily been 4-0, gotten in a bye, and then taken us another round further. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go into Sunday, um, and we draw Houston Heat. And we had played Houston Heat um, for the warm-up at the event. Like, you know, how every, all the teams go out there, and they yep. practice before they actually play the event. Uh, we played against Houston Heat, and they were the first team that actually, like, put, us on, put it on us. Like, we were like, oh, shit, like, are we doing something wrong? Like, do we got to mm-hmm. second guess ourselves? Like we kind of were second guess ourselves, but we weren't really like doing the same stuff we were doing at the events as far as like players in certain roles and stuff. Um, but we got, we kind of got a little bit of frustrated. At least a couple of us did. Um, and we kind of went into the next couple matches, just, you know, staying focused on our jobs, but we drew Houston heat on Sunday and they were playing like lights out all weekend. They were except by- against Columbus level. Yeah. Except except against level i'm not exactly sure what happened in that i think level really had something to prove which they did so Mm -hmm. um good for those guys but uh they you could just tell by the way houston he was like playing the field that like they were the team to beat and we drew them on sunday and we're like all right i told the whole team i was like guys if we beat houston heat we're winning this damn tournament like this is the team to beat right here we just came through a bracket of death on one of the top positions like this is our game right here and uh you know prior to sunday i actually like that ground tore up my knee so bad to the point like i could barely walk and we had yeah we had team meeting the night before guys and the night before and i was like guys like i'll be honest my pain threshold's at like a seven right now i can barely walk there's a chance i might not be able to play and you know that's where you, you mentioned playing in the starting role and i was just like we we do have a pretty good um arsenal of players like in our group like yeah we do have like that like core five that i've been playing but like those other guys that are sitting on the bench like they've been working their ass off like Mm -hmm. they anytime they get a chance to play on that field like they earned it like they're ready just because yeah yeah they're they're ready to go they've been they've been putting in the work they've been stepping it up at practice like all that kind of stuff it's just everything was you know in paintball when everything's working you try not to change too much like you know make little changes here and there um so I, you know, I told Bo, like, I still want to try and play. I want to try to play through it. I'm going to double D pad it. And, um, it was, it was a bit rough. You know, I didn't get to play like aggressive, like, cause I had like this option move where I run out to the Doritos and if the back center's not shooting my way, I just go as far as I can. And I didn't really get that opportunity cause I felt like I was going to hurt myself even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were kind of, you were playing a little hesitant yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I had, in the back of my head, you know, I'm sitting there like, man, one bad dive and I'm going to be struggling to get off this field mm-hmm. um so you know that being said i i think i should have probably taken myself out a little bit sooner and and put you know greg and greg was playing my position as well as well as at the center um but i think i should have 
called myself out and put Greg in and I don't think I'm the reason why we lost, but um, I just think that was one thing I could have done for my team. Mm-hmm. But uh, see, there that's a tough position, man, um, because there's been plenty of times where I remember going to Bruno. I'm like, Bruno, dude, I'm like, it's not, it's not clicking, man. And he goes, okay, and he sits me a point, and then he like puts me back out there. I'm like, dude, I, I like get. He's like, he's like, no. Just go do it. You know how to do it. it I, I guess it's a little bit different because it wasn't really uh, injury based. So it wasn't, it was more mental kind of stuff that. Yeah, uh, he, he wanted to force you through it. So yes, he wanted to force it, you through it. Yeah. And with you, but, but at the same time, I mean, it's very, you know, injury stuff is also very mental too. And um, I mean, obviously physical, but. Like with you, you mentally wanted to. You knew that you you wanted to be there for your team. You you didn't want to feel like you were giving up on your team uh, at the time because you you guys had already gotten that far together. You know what I mean. So I think that 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 meaning the mental side of of the whole decision, right? And uh, and it's it, it's tough because it's one of those things where it's like like I feel like I'm playing pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, dude. The the when you are kind of nursing uh, an injury, especially especially knees, man. When you're a front player like uh, like yourself or mid player, and and you're kind of banging your way up the field, it's a toll on the body, and especially into Sunday. And uh, and I can completely understand like where you're coming from. And it, I mean, that's all you have. At you know, would you have sat yourself if you guys would have won against Houston Heat, and then you know got to uh the next round if you could if you can kind of if you'd lasted yeah it, it just kind of depended on the injury um Bo basically made me swallow like six advil right before i walked <laughs> out there so i couldn't really feel much of anything at that point but yeah um i think at one point i did end up trying to do like a little scurry up the doritos and i just like i could just feel it i'm like nope can't do that again mm-hmm and uh you just power paintball stance the whole the whole time yeah i i try and those those doritos were tough because i had to like try to superman slide to get get underneath those lanes and stuff because there's like a blind shot on them but mm. um no we we went toe-to-toe with them um i think the score was like seven to seven with 16 seconds left on the clock and we lost focus for that 16 seconds like we even though like Houston Heat just broke the record for the fastest point ever scored at seven, eight seconds, whatever it was. We went out there thinking like, oh, it's only 16 seconds. Like, let's just focus on overtime. And we we lost that focus. And we went out there and like, like two of us died off the break and they just kept flying down the Doritos. And next thing you know, I'm the last guy left alive and I didn't even realize it. And he's like shooting me in the back, like right behind me. And I look mm-hmm. up the clock and I see three, two, and I see them push the buzzer. And I'm like, yeah, we just... That 16 seconds of lack of focus is what just kept us. Because I, I, I truly believe, like, if we wouldn't play that overtime point and that point would have slowed down, I, I really think that we could have taken that win. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know who I think I always think of points like that is fucking the Russians, man. The, mm-hmm. And the in, and the Russians throughout the years. Yeah. Like, were famous, I feel like, for those those quick those points. Those fast points. Those fast points when it mattered, too. Mm-hmm like to come back or anything or even even i'm even saying russians not only just the team itself but even russians meaning 
you know, the three that were on Heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would just somehow would like pull shit out of their ass, and then then the Russians themselves, the team, would always pull stuff out of their ass and like score like two quick points in a row or a quick point in a row and tie it up, and then you know win the overtime. It's like you know it's 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 insane how something something like that, like sixteen seconds, you're like, okay, well, we're all alive off the break. Let's say we lose a guy, we can at least fucking hold fort. Um, you know, for that 16 seconds, because you know you're at least hoping to shoot a guy too, off the break. And uh, you know, fuck me, it's like you lose two off the break, and then you probably lost another one right away after that because now that guy, corner guy who probably made it, is rapping on your next inside guy, and now he's toast, and they're yeah, just like, yeah, just... now that's now it's three down, and you're down to two, and like like that, it's like fuck man yeah i basically had like 15 seconds to regroup and be like all right we're just gonna keep on going yeah but yeah we actually practiced the russians they flew into new york uh the week before the tournament we got a nice i because i was actually i stayed out there for 11 days i flew into new york and i stayed out there with them until the event and drove down to philly with them um Mm -hmm. but we actually practiced against the russians uh i think four days right before the event which was a, a great opportunity for us i mean that's a highly respected team with so much talent and so much knowledge like i'm just so grateful for you know that opportunity to be able to do something like that um Mm. but you know they weren't they didn't really have their full team so they didn't really give us any like super fast looks i mean yeah they beat us some fast points but like not 16 seconds fast so like we the one thing that we're we're struggling with this year is um finding a way to slow down the field um not really slow it down, but like, okay, we need to burn two minutes. Like, how do we do it on this layout? Like, we've been practicing that drill at home, but it's on some random layout. But like, every time these new layouts come out, like everything changes. There's so many bunkers on the field, like everything changes on a new layout. So it's like, yeah, I think we really need to do a better job about studying the layout and being like, all right, look, these are the best four bunkers to control the field. This guy is like, you know, he's the oddball. He you know, say we shoot a guy, that guy goes and plays paintball, whatever. Um, but that's the one thing that we're like really struggling with. But um, I feel like if we can get that part down, the slow game down, then we're going to be a serious threat. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is something in your game that you that you personally think you need to work on? Um, speed. I need to get faster. Um, and you always have room for conditioning. Um, I've been trying to work out and stuff at home and it hasn't been going as good as I would like. Cause I do work outdoors and it's like 120 degrees out, which isn't really an excuse, but I have been dieting, you know, right. And, uh, like when I do go to work, I like kind of turn everything into an exercise. So when I'm like <laughs> lifting up a bag of 80 pound concrete, I'm like doing it with my legs and like exhaling. <laughs> you're and, you're you know, lifting it correctly. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, you know, <laughs> trying to apply it every inch that i can um yeah but i have been doing a little bit of like uh like short sprints and stuff like that because i do have a lingering like knee injury from like years and years ago playing with shock Mm -hmm. um surprisingly that's not the knee that was hurting at the event but i tore my meniscus um or my no not my meniscus my pendella tendon um so it's like it's hard for me to do like endurance training like to run long distances at a time but i have been doing like short sprints and stuff like that in my backyard and 
it's feeling like I'm able to do it longer and longer and longer to the point where I think I can almost like start running like miles and stuff like that and yeah. work on my conditioning. Um, but as far as like technical, like paintball, like technical skills, um, I think any person that thinks that they've mastered something is the second they stop getting better. So like I go out and I drill and I try to shoot a case, just, just one ball snap shooting and running and shooting like all those like drills that, you know, you did coming up. I still do those like as much as possible. Cause I, I truly believe on like keeping that blade sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, I, t- I take a lot of pride in being able to like hit my first three balls and I know you do too. Like that's why we always went knuckle to knuckle with <laughs> yeah. each other. Um, but that's like, something I like really take pride in is being able to hit the, hit those first three balls where I want to put them. Um, so it's just something, you know, that I try to apply at every practice is keep conditioning, keep trying to keep doing it longer, stronger, you know, being able to do all that stuff for an entire match and then do it for another 16 seconds. Like <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I want to be able to, to focus on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's, that's, that's one thing I remember kind of, uh, Try not to preach too much when I was on the team with Aftershock, but it was always, I always tried to, at least to anyone who was listening, any of the players, I always tried to preach, man, work on your accuracy. Work on your, I know we're ramping, I know we're doing all this fucking gun does it for you shit, but fucking work on your accuracy and, you know, those those three balls, that that one that's going to hit and the two insurance balls right after it, just yep. in case. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, you and I would just, like, go to the side and just start playing paint together and just, uh, you know, just shooting random shit and like just, just doing accuracy drill, uh, drills themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I always tell people, but you know, accuracy over volume, at least for fucking front players. Yeah. But you know, that's a different story when you talk about somebody <laughs> fucking shoot over top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do, um, you know, if whoever's coming to my clinic knows that it's going to be a clinic mostly for fucking, <laughs> mostly front player bias uh, clinics. I try to make them, you know, more, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't. Have, have you done any clinics or done anything like that uh, or thought about so doing I actually just did one fairly recently. Uh, we have a local series out here called the MPPL, um, and it's been kind of tough for me to, like, schedule uh, clinics because I also shoot, like, video I do video production like on my weekends and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, but so my weekends have been pretty booked as far as, you know, between paintball and video stuff, but I ended up finding a weekend to do it on a layout weekend for the MPPL event. So I was like, well, it's going to be kind of tough to do a clinic cause everybody wants to do drills and stuff. So why don't I cater these drills to the layout? And so like I, you know, I broke the field down for these guys. I like made them practice their breakout shots, like where they need to be putting their paint off the break. Like really, did drills and stuff oriented towards the layout so Mm -hmm. like when they went to the layout like they actually had an idea of what they needed to be doing um but i do i do want to do like more drills and stuff kind of more towards like the newer players because you know out here in the midwest like we don't have a ton of paintball players but we do we are luckily lucky enough to have some newer guys that are like wanting to get more involved in tournament paintball and you know they're messaging me all the time like asking questions like hey hey what can i do like who can I play with? Like, what do you think I should do? And, you know, just giving people the opportunity to that, you know, that want to get better to mm-hmm. give them that opportunity to get better. So, um, just all about finding the time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, that's another thing I was going to ask you about was your, your video production. Cause you made some really, really awesome videos. Um, 
that I remember that. watching and everything. And I always thought that you were going to kind of use that platform to kind of take off with, uh, are you still just doing it as kind of a side gig? Um, for the most part, I mean, I went to school for like video production and, and like digital filmmaking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've, I've worked with my father's company since I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up taking a, a couple years ago, he ended up taking a job in Dallas. Um, and I took that opportunity to go work for a couple, uh, for a guy that owned like six or seven different companies and I just like did like his marketing for him and like did video production and stuff like that um, once he moved back um, he basically needed some kind of income and you know I I told him I was like hey like I'll come back and I'll work for you but like this isn't like my main priority like I don't want to be a carpenter for the rest of my life like mm-hmm. I want to do video production um, and he respected that so we're we're trying to get to the point where we can you know, take this 30 year old company that he's made over the years and try to get it a little bit more self-sufficient. The problem is, is just finding help that want to work in 120 degree weather and, yeah. and sweat their ass off. But it's been a bit of a struggle. So we've just been keeping at it. So in, until we can find some help and get it a little bit more self-sufficient, I'm kind of stuck just doing it as a side gig. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with like uh, music lately. So I just shot my first music video um the past couple months ago i'm in the process of finishing that up it's almost done uh, i've done a couple like behind the scenes i've done a couple live shows um i've also done a couple like ads and stuff for like companies that are like trying to show off like a new product and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah until i get my father's company to that point i won't be able to primarily focus on it unfortunately yeah that's life man that's uh that's like you you said you're still you're still down in st louis correct yeah st louis missouri misery misery down there with uh jj and i forgot redarte was down there too he's in chicago oh yes yeah redarte's in chicago he's like the heart of chicago he actually lives in the city oh who else is down by you there's somebody else that i'm fucking on the tip of my tongue Zach Hill lives in Springfield now, um, which is pr- it's fairly close. It's oh, yeah, because he was now. in Chicago. Yeah, he was originally in Chicago. He moved down to Springfield, which is pretty close to me. Nice. Um, Jonah just moved down here. Jonah from Infamous. I don't know if you know Jonah. No. He's the, he's the newest kid on there, right? Yeah, he's yeah he's the young boy. But he just got a job at First Form, so he moved down here. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, so I actually have somebody I can – focus up and do drills with which is awesome and uh molas is from here david molas i'm sure yep. you know him everybody knows david he seems to be going like crazy with first form right now oh yeah he's he's off the walls deep <laughs> going out of the country on private jets and stuff like that i'm just like eh. <laughs> i'd love to get a job there but again like i went and visited that place and right when you walk in the doors you're just like inspired to like give 120 percent at something it doesn't matter what it is but you want to yeah. give 120 percent at something and like i would love to get a job there but i know i would have to commit 120 percent and like with paintball paintball is always that extra variable that never lets you commit to something 100 mm-hmm. percent, unfortunately so yeah good for him man yeah that's sweet so what uh what field is it that you guys are playing down there at in st louis yeah uh, we have actually a, f- a few nice fields. Um, lately, we've been playing a lot at Adventure Valley uh, theme park. They have like a zip line and all that kind of fun stuff too. 
um, but they have a really gorgeous field. It's based, it's essentially seamless turf. Um, it's pretty slippery, but they're like slowly adding infill. They don't want to add too much, and everybody have black beads in their shoes. But Love it. it's it's essentially like a seventy thousand dollar field. It's completely wow. gorgeous, but one in my opinion one of the nicest in the country. But they only have one air ball field. Um, they have some nice pits, stuff like that. But it's all outdoor. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have any indoors out here. We used to have the Coliseum. Did you ever play at the Coliseum? I thought the Coliseum was in Wisconsin for some reason. It was in Illinois. It was, you know, about an hour from St. Louis, but everybody still called it St. Louis. Why do I feel like St. Louis is so far away, but it's not really? You're probably like, what, five hours from me? What part of Ohio are you in? Northwest. I want to say we're about seven hours from you. Okay, maybe you are kind of far away from me. Yeah, seven or eight. Because what so was about... what was the Chicago drive for you? Five and a half. Uh, yeah, because it was four for me. So, yeah. yeah, I guess we are kind of far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played down in Missouri. Yeah, nonetheless, you should make the trip out though, man. You would, uh, you'd make a lot of kids happy. They would, they would love to meet you. That'd be sweet, dude. I should do. I should take a year off of work and just do a bunch of clinics all over the fucking states. Oh yeah, dude. I'll come film it. Dude. I'll come film it and I'll be your sample guy. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll rent a van. We'll fly to we'll fly to New York. We'll rent a van in New York and then just try and hit every single Road state. Road trip. <laughs> as long as we can get some state parks in there too, I'd be down. That's I'm a hundred percent down, dude. Bring the family. I'm I was just gonna say it was probably gonna have to be a family trip. That's cool. <laughs> More than likely. And uh that would be dude, I I always thought of that. Um, cause I think it was, it was like Nikki Cuba, Oliver Lang, Mr. U. Um, it was a bunch of like the hybrid guys back in the day. I think they were going around Europe or something and they were doing a bunch of clinics and it was almost the same premise, but I always thought it'd be sweet to like get a group of guys for the off season. Um, and just get a group of guys from a bunch of different teams and get like two or three vans and just do a whole off season of like just clinics all over the u.s and just do a, a rolling clinic that'd be great that'd i thought awesome. it'd be real sweet it would actually probably gain some traction too as far as uh attention outside of the paintball industry yeah yeah i mean that would be good for sport well especially you know with uh social media and you know everybody hyping it up and you know getting all kinds of uh you know because i'm sure companies would get involved you know they would sponsor the trip and everything and i think it'd be sweet but i don't know we'll see my job we'll start we'll start small we'll get you out of st louis first (laughs) we'll just start small we'll start with one uh yeah man so what um kind of what does uh what what do you see your future as uh you know because you're how old Uh, i'll be 31 and 10 days oh wow you're getting up there yeah i got a birthday coming up i hate birthdays they're so depressing <laughs> happy, happy early birthday i love other people's birthdays but i hate my own birthday <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i turned 35 this year that's insane i thought you were like 50 at this point no, oh thanks <laughs> well if you you see all the gray hair and everything that comes in uh, I, mean, I, I see a little bit it's kind of uh, hard to tell with the webcam though it's a little blurry oh uh, well if you go to icc you'll see it well that's my birthday weekend so i won't be going i was actually supposed to go i was on a roster to go but it's my birthday weekend so i'm not going 
So, what can be so important on your birthday that you can't make ICC? So, I actually already had it planned. I was already on a team. Like, I already had everything worked out. Who were you playing for? Or who were you going to play for? I was going to play... I had two options. I was going to play one... I was originally rostered with some guys from uh, Kentucky, like the Louisville guys. Yeah. And then... um, Greg from Extreme wanted me to play with them, and I, I kind of would prefer to play with them because I think we should, you know, bond more. Yeah, I think I think it would be good for us. So, but we actually had a pretty decent team lined up with that as well. And I told my girlfriend, I was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna go play paintball again on my birthday this year," and she just like kind of got upset with me. And the old really girlfriend talk. getting well, upset at you, so Trey, for so paintball. She, she, didn't, she, she didn't really tell me why. She never gets upset when it comes to like paintball and stuff. Yeah, yeah. she understands. Um, but she was like kind of upset and basically like three arguments later we come to find out like she had something planned for my birthday already uh, and so i was like oh okay yes. like <laughs> i kind of felt bad because i kind of like ruined the surprise but mm-hmm. it, it had to be done because i was like kind of fighting with her because i really wanted to go play it because uh, those are a lot of fun but yeah, you know and i have a feeling that this one's gonna be this one's gonna be pretty fun i mean i think it's just gonna be big in general for just for the fact with like tim and everything and uh because this, this is the first one since, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be good. And this will be... I think this will be my second one. No, I think second or second or third. But... Nice. Who are you playing with? I'm playing with Team Smoke. Team Brimstone oh, nice. Smoke. Yeah, dude. This, those guys are crazy. And I know I they know. all listen to the podcast. You guys are nuts, bro. You guys <laughs> I are crazy. I know but I, couple, I dig it. A couple of them are from St. Louis, too. So. Yeah, they're kind of from all... There's Yeah, there's some from, um, like, Danny Manning's from, like, from like West Virginia. And the call, bro, they're all from, like, from, from Ohio. And they're uh, they're kind of scattered a little bit, but mostly mostly Midwest. Nice. That'll be a good time. Yeah, dude. They're, they're, they're a hilarious group, man. And, uh, and they all take it serious. They do. They really... They really hunker down and they take it this. Uh, not that I don't take it serious, but I just paintball is just fun to me in general. Like I don't, I don't care well, what team that, I want. Now, now that you're retired, you should be looking at it at, at that aspect. If you didn't look <laughs> at it as fun, like you shouldn't be playing paintball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, and yeah, and then I, uh, I'm on the uh, this All Star game thing that's happening, which is uh, pretty sweet get to play even more i looked at it i was like i was like number one sweet like that's awesome number two i more paintball that's that's <laughs> what i want to play is more paintball so nice. and uh, especially more hyperball dude that's that's my jam is like the hyperball stuff like yeah. the mounds field is cool it's like it's also like <laughs> i always look at this is how i look at things i look at uh even even when I was younger too, and a little bit more agile and nimble, I always looked at like injury factor. Like, okay, if I were to like do this or do this or do this, like, where am I sliding? Where am I diving? Um, like, I would assess uh, seams and stuff at like indoors or outdoors that had turf, because I'd be like, when Bruno's like, why aren't you diving? Like, I'm not diving. There, dude, there's a seam right there, and if I catch that seam, I'm I'm fucked. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm toast. Um, I, the mounds field is awesome, but to me it also is like hazardous <laughs> as lame as it sounds. And then the woods for me, the guy that everybody says, 
hey, you should go way the fuck up there and like run past all the limbs and roots and trees and uh, you know all this stuff and dive into try this not, big. Try not to twist your ankle. <laughs> try not to impale yourself with like a giant root that's coming out of the ground. Oh my god, dude! And like with me, I don't. It's hard for me to kind of judge my speed as I'm going like in between spots, as I'm like just kind of cruising in between bunkers and stuff, which is on a on a, a, a tournament field, on an airball field or a hyperball field. Usually not that big of a deal because it's all just kind of flat grass or dirt or whatever. But when you're doing it like in the woods or on a mound field or something like that, you're you don't know what you're throwing your knees and shit it's, into. Yeah, it's un, it's unpredictable at that point. Oh my god, dude, it's scary. It's and all the guys who tell me that it's not scary are the guys who are standing up ninety nine percent of the time and just <laughs> shooting their guns and not doing Gotta anything. Sack up. Yeah, fuck. Are you, okay. You kneel maybe once or twice in the bunker that you're in, but you're not the one having to fucking crawl around out there. I mean, I played the, what is it, the ICPL, that's the NXL version, correct? Yes. So I played that one in Chicago, and I was one of those guys that played in the back, and pretty much every time I wanted to take a move, I would just lay down on my belly and just crawl through the, the bushes. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it's the only way I can guarantee I won't hurt myself. Yeah, crawl. yeah, dude. And I, I uh, even then, like sometimes the, the, the time itself is a bummer for me. Because I'm like, how have we been on this field for fucking 15 minutes already, and like nothing has happened? But two guys have gotten shot. There's still 20 guys on the field or some shit. It's crazy, dude. And um, but I, I mean, that's if it was seven man, it'd be so much. The jam. I talk about that way too much on here, but it's just ten man. There's so many people and so much time. Yeah. <sighs> Nobody wants to make a mistake. When you have yeah. ten guys on each side of the field that nobody wants to make a mistake, now that ever it gets done. Nobody fucking moves. Nobody fucking moves. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, well, I will say that I've never seen more people limping around at a tournament than I do at like the ten man tournaments. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, but everybody's smiling. Everybody has a smile on their face and a and a a limp in their step. <laughs> a limp in their step. Ah. Uh, well, um, hey man, I, I really enjoyed the chat, dude. I, uh, I really did. And I am super happy with kind of where you are in your, uh, in your career. I'm glad to see you that you've, you've matured into the spot and into this position of, of a main, uh, you know, a main attacker and somebody with, uh, this demeanor on the field that you don't fuck with and that is just going to keep coming at you and I'm I'm glad that I was a part of um of that of of being able to help you out and kind of find yourself and I know that you 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 know everybody's always growing anybody who is competitive or who is truly wanting to just better themselves all the time is never truly satisfied but uh but I know that you're you you're finding that guy right and I I think that uh that you you're very close and the group of guys that you're with are very close. And I wish nothing but luck for you guys. And uh, I, I really think that you guys are going to, you know, prove yourself, prove to yourselves along with everybody else out there that uh, you're not, you're nobody to fuck with. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate that, Carl. You're going to bring a tear to my eye, man. You know, you don't <laughs> understand how much respect I've had for you coming up the years. So to hear you say something like that, man, it's a, it's a good feeling. It's the truth, man. I, it's just I enjoy seeing people that that I had a hand in kind of like helping come up and just 
even the, even in the smallest way, if I if I could help somebody, I I, um, I I love doing it because I know that that helps that person on their journey of whatever they're trying to find. And uh, and we had very similar journeys, uh, just in the paintball in itself. And I know your goal is to get better and be the best that you can be. And I know you're slowly finding uh, that right mix of guys if you haven't already. And it's just, it's really cool to see. And I'm really, really happy for you, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate hearing that. Really do. Absolutely, dude. Uh, where can people find you or follow you? And uh, and if they have any questions or if maybe you want to start doing clinics and, uh, you know, have something kind of come out of that, where can they get a hold of you at? Uh, for the most part, just my Instagram, CJ underscore Cantor. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where I've done, like, all my paintball videos and stuff like that. Uh cj panther so um feel free to give it a like share and follow as you would <laughs> but uh yeah man no it's uh it's been great talking to you i love uh talking to you talking to you every chance i get and even when i see you show up randomly at the field i get the biggest smile on my face i'm like that's my favorite man right there hell yeah man well please be safe and uh continue just killing it out there and i really hope i get to see you soon brother i'll see you in chicago right uh we'll see i better we'll see. see you in chicago <laughs> if if anything i'll probably make um you're talking about chicago for like the nxl, NXL. Thing, right? yeah, yeah okay NXL. so i do plan on going it'll probably be like a saturday because i told my i told my wife i was like i want to take my son for like the day just do like a, a a day trip to chicago and kind of do like do like the air like the um uh, the event area and then go kind of get behind the scenes work work my, my magic a little bit and kind of get behind the scenes and show him some stuff and yeah no, just kinda, love that. yeah it'd be sweet so yeah I'll, I'll definitely see you out there bud cool stop by the booth i'll give you some extreme stuff Ooh, i'm there brother i'm there cool all right man all right, we'll talk you. i'm sure i'll talk to you soon cool love you man see you see ya. love you too CJ, ya boy. Thanks, brother, for stopping by and doing the podcast with me. I uh, very greatly appreciate it, my friend. Good luck. Take him out. Do your thing. Make it happen. All right, another big thank you to our sponsors. We have Midwest Clothing, where you can find all the accessories that you need for the paintball swag, from headgear to pants to jerseys to masks, everything that your little happy paintball brain needs uh, to play this game, you can find at MidwestClothingLLC.com and uh, make sure you, like I said, make sure you check out the joggers, man. They're actually really sweet and uh, durable. So that's another thing. We're throwing our bodies in the ground, man. You want something that stays together. So make sure you check them out. Uh, Also, big shout out to 10BPS.com. The premium marker rental uh, system currently, like I said, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but will be expanding. Um, and you can also sign up to become a, uh, a marker mentor. That's not the correct term, but it just sounded good. And you guys know what I'm talking about. If you want to rent your gear out and uh, give people a little bit of opportunity to see what it's like to shoot the, uh, the best markers and setups in the world, you can do so. Uh, so like I said, if you had any questions, uh, go ahead and contact anybody at 10BPS on the website.com. Just 10B, 10BPS.com. 
uh, not all the other stuff I put in there. But also, uh, I will do my best to answer any questions that you guys have. So yeah, check them out. Also, uh, a big shout out to Charm City Paintball, the best headgear in the game, baby. Mikey doing some amazing stuff uh, from pack bands to headbands to head wraps. He bestowed on me an amazing head wrap uh, that is a brown canvas with like a tan faded top. It looks sweet. I was never a big fan of like when everything was super brand new like the sandanas. Not the brand, but just headgear in general when it's just everything's bright and crisp and like, nah, I don't want to look like a tree. I just want to look like a tan faded mesh stuff. So anyway, so I was able to, um, I, I was gifted this and it was, it's amazing. It's got some miles on it, uh, but it looks, because Mike made them and it has miles on that, meant something to me and uh, it just looks good. It's held up so well. And that's one of the biggest things we want, uh, you know, we want out of our headgear is to stay as long as possible so we can wear you as long as possible because we don't change our headgear very much. But with Charm City Paintball, we could probably change your mind. If you get one of his headbands in your hands, you can feel the difference. You can feel the quality. You can feel the love. Um, so check them out. And finally, to Melovio, the amazing CBD company that is tipping the scales on the uh, the product that's out there. I know everyone can get CBD from your corner store to your grandma has it now or what you know a lot of people though don't know where this horse comes from uh, whereas at, uh, at Melovio he is the soul. He and she I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they are the heart and soul of everything and everything's organic and fresh and made uh, it at, a, at a one source. You know where it is. You know where it's coming from. Melabia. Try their salve. Uh, try their tincture. I use both. Um, also, they have flour that's up there, and they have some pre-rolls. They have... It, it's all amazing. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, everybody give you know give it a go everybody reacts differently but uh, but I promise you that it will have uh, a great effect on your um, you know on your anxiety I'm not a doctor so don't come at me with this well you know can it heal rabies and all this no or it could I don't know I'd, I've never had rabies and tried CBD but for the everyday aches and pains and just overall days uh, you know that you know the the stressful times that weigh on you, the the physical pain um, that I sometimes go through. Uh, CBD has definitely helped me in my situation. So I highly recommend you give it a try. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, greatly appreciated, and you know I I. I I'm so fortunate to have all you guys listening and, and coming back week after week. And it's just a, an amazing thing to have a little community like this to be able to kind of, um, you know, chat my mind. And to everybody who has come up to me about the podcast, 
I appreciate it, man. I, I really do from I, my the bottom of my heart, I truly do. Because it's, you know, it's time, and time is valuable. And have people allocate their time to listen to me and a guest for hours um, is incredibly humbling. So, uh, thank you guys. Much appreciated. Please do not text and drive. Listen to podcasts like this one. Keep your eyes on the road. Uh, We love you all. We want to get everybody home safe. Uh, back to your families or getting to wherever you need to go safely. Um, So yeah, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you guys again here, and gals, here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace!